Hello, this is Michelle Shapiro, and today we'll be mapping perfectionism on the 15-Minute Matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical importance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix not only invites us to stop and assess, but it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, recommendations, and outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Michelle Shapiro. Michelle Shapiro is an integrative, functional, registered dietitian in New York City, specializing in body-neutral weight changes and the holistic healing of stomach issues and anxiety. It is her joy and passion to serve her clients in living fulfilling lives in all aspects. Michelle feels her superpower is her ability to listen to clients and have them feel heard where their symptoms have prior been ignored. She works to give her clients tangible tools to reverse anxiety and digestive issues while still ditching restriction and negative thoughts about food and their bodies and finally learning to eat more authentically and intentionally. Michelle, I am so excited to welcome you to the 15-Minute Matrix. I am so excited to be here. I I barely have words. I'm so excited. This conversation between you and I is a long time coming, and we've been kind of recognizing how much we have in common that we speak into in the world. And I'm guessing that one of those things is an affinity for our topic today, which is perfectionism. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) As part of our fangirling, we have perfected that art, I would say. That is true. That is true. So perfectionism. Perfectionism, it has myriad impacts on the physiological body, but I'm wondering if we could first sort of ground on how we might define that and what we see in our client populations. What are you seeing around the realm of perfectionism with the people that you work with? Perfectionism is, like we talked about right before the show, something that's very near and dear to myself and my client population because I am a native New Yorker. (laughs) My client population is made up of New Yorkers. So perfectionism, whether it be for better or for worse, is something that is ingrained in the kind of capitalist New York City. You know, the idea that you can work your way into success Mm -hmm. and also you can work your way into health is something that is very ingrained in the culture here. I would also say that this idea of you can find like the perfect healthcare professional and that there's always someone who's the best of the best. Right. And instead of going with someone who feels like 
a fit for you kind of spiritually and physically, oftentimes people end up kind of finding that one that is like the best without being the best for them. So I notice and see that a lot in my client population. I always say that, um, you know, the, the best money in New York doesn't always buy you the best healthcare professionals because people don't land in great functional medicine doctors offices often. And that best of the best actually can take away from their care. That's such a good point, Michelle, how we might be looking externally for the factors that we define ourselves by internally. And this happens with the body and our body consciousness and awareness too. I mean, so many women these days are plagued with this notion of being perfect on the outside and even sacrificing internal function for some external notion of perfection. Absolutely. And thinking about that too is, is what are we really sacrificing on the inside in the pursuit of that outside? So really where we land is when our expectations, which when we're seeking perfection are unattainable, we often end up sacrificing and risking a lot more in our health along the way. What kind of things are you seeing as major signs and symptoms in your client population that are these, I'm assuming mostly female, hardworking, type A individuals? My favorite type of people. And yes, that is totally my population, both female and male. Um, I see across the board sleeplessness. I see that kind of HPA axis dysregulation resulting in that 3 a.m. perfect wake up time, mm -hmm. like 2.30, 3 a.m. every single day, which they've kind of taken to mean, okay, this is normal. And then really what happens with my clients is they start to have these gut issues. And again, they get kind of desensitized to these issues, or they might have these hormonal changes that they rule out as, hey, this is normal. This is part of aging. Um, because that might be the feedback they're getting from doctors, or they really don't tap into what's normal for them. They kind of just use the basis of what are all the rest of my New York comrades feeling? Oh, everyone feels like crap. Okay, that must be normal. And, and really, kind of this idea in New York of you have to be killing it all the time. We always use this phrase, like, are you killing it? Have you been mm -hmm. killing it lately? And, and really kind of illness itself is almost like a badge of honor, like, oh, I, I didn't sleep for the past week. I haven't slept at all because I've been killing it so much at work. And, and that's almost a reward to people, like a badge of honor. Like, okay, I, I, you know, I haven't eaten anything all day and I haven't slept because I've been working on this so much. So it's, it's how people show and prove their worth to themselves and to other people. So what ends up happening are those digestive issues, unexpected weight gain, and in a population that's externally motivated, it's super challenging and confusing for them too. And then a lot, a lot of GI issues. Yeah, I can imagine that occurring. And even though I live in Portland, Oregon, now I spent over a decade in San Francisco and the the tendency was the same. Everybody was very identified with their career, with their drive, with what they had accomplished. It was almost mind blowing to me when I moved outside of that environment that people didn't talk about those things, those accomplishments. Um, and actually spent more time looking for a different kind of balance and pleasure. It was foreign to me at the time. It sounds foreign to me now still, although I <laughs> really, really try to employ these tactics. Um, and and I, I often say that I try to apply human things to New Yorkers' lives because we just kind of, when you get so wrapped up in the game, 
you kind of forget the most important and human parts of life. And again, when you're chasing that perfection, when you're hustling for worthiness, um, you really miss out on and lose out on true health and, and honestly happiness too, which is maybe exaggeratory, but in some ways, certainly these things can impact your happiness in a big way. Yeah. And then the happiness impacts our health as well. So it's this cycle, it's that soup, that inner part of the matrix. And I know as somebody who has autoimmunity, I have Hashimoto's, that that tendency then turns on you. It turns on you where you're in that excitatory stage and it is really starting to attack you internally. Are you seeing that manifest with the people that you're working with that the gut issues and the hormone issues and the lack of sleep and not eating are then manifesting in autoimmune or other chronic conditions? Absolutely. Um, basically the exact habits we're talking about, you know, perpetuate that HPA axis dysregulation where as you and I very well know, our body is resilient to stress until it isn't. So a lot of times I'll see people in, you know, what I would perceive to be later stages of dysregulation and where it might've been happening for years. And they're just so bottomed out that they're noticing not only these changes in their sleep and this kind of vicious cycle, which is, you know, of course that you can't pound the HP axis when you're trying to heal it, um, that they're at a point where they're coming to me and their personalities have fundamentally changed. Mm. So it, they're having these panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And I'm really seeing this a lot in the, the COVID quarantine too, because mm -hmm. a lot of my clients were either, you know, they're very high performing people. So they were either pushing it as hard as they possibly could to try and keep their businesses afloat, or they just felt a total loss of purpose because they couldn't achieve that perfection in business. And I'm watching these people who have all the means necessary in the world to have proper health, all the resources to do that. And they just are failing in their health so much. And, and a lot of it's that expectation, that perfectionist expectation of, I need to do this. I need to complete this. I need to do it better. I need to do it the best. Um, and I need to do it right. And that's plaguing them from listening to their bodies. So all across the board, I'm seeing people go in either direction where they're actually in full burnout and they really don't have the choice but to get the help they need. Or I can see them burning the candle at both ends. It's so interesting to think about how this tendency manifests, sort of what are the antecedents and triggers of the perfectionistic tendency, but then how much we are afraid of failure that keeps us driving past the point of comfort and sustainability so that we are failing. Like you said, we're failing our health. It's, it's like this a dodge where it's like the what you fear you become kind of mm -hmm. um, and like the more that we try to push away and our internal cues and try to get our health from outside of ourselves and try to succeed in health, the more that we fail and the more that we become chronically ill. And, and we also know that, of course, chronic illness is perpetuating the longer that you're isolated in it. So some of these people who are a little bit maybe more macho, a little bit more intense, they want to really look perfect on the outside. And that's holding them back from being able to connect with people and really share what's going on and really have that breakdown that might be needed to, you know, release some of this 
really toxic energy that they're holding on to. Yeah, such a good point that it is a toxic energy and there's toxic expectations that we're putting on ourselves. And one of the things I really love about what you do, Michelle, is that you are an integrative and functional dietitian. So you're looking at it through the lens of nutrition, of diet and lifestyle modification. And I like that you also don't think there's one perfect way to eat. You kind of relieve people of that pressure. Can you talk a little bit more about how you work with nutrition in an individual like this? So I think it's really interesting because they have to feel like you understand I'm on the same page as them. They have to feel like I understand the game, right? But I also have to show them that the game is wrong. So it's this really weird way of kind of touching into definitely, especially in more masculine energy, because even, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone has masculine and feminine energy. Um, And it's, of course, a spectrum and and really tapping into the more feminine energy of my clients, I think is really important and that more nurturing energy. So I think that during that initial consult um, and kind of the way that I operate is I have an initial consultation and then I make a a personalized, what I like to call battle plan for my clients. And then we do some follow-up sessions, um, which can extend you know, a month or years, um, basically depending on, on what they're looking to work on. Um, but eventually every client graduates in that, in, in that initial consultation, what I really want to know is kind of that big picture and that puzzle of what's going on. So from listening really well, and I think any practitioner has the ability to do this, you can kind of pick up on what is that theme that's running through their lives that might be holding them back as a barrier. Cause most people, especially who have means don't have lack of access to education. I don't Mm -hmm. think many people have lack of access to nutrition education. I think it's our refusal to believe that our stress and perfectionism is causing us to have these health ails. So I I might be asking questions like how different would your life be? What would your life look like in a year's time if you didn't have these health issues? And usually it's not even a thought that comes up to them. And when they're thinking about it and considering it and say, I've never thought of being well before, I've never thought. Um, And then I might walk them through and say, well, what's it going to take for you to get there? And usually it's, I need to have a different job or I need to be approaching things in a different way. And that initial session is really usually emotionally exploratory and, and often spiritually exploratory to understand what is the main barrier holding them back. And then of course, the functional nutrition piece of, you know, what are kind of the, what, what you and I would call the symptoms of the dysfunction and the dysfunction being those, you know, triggering events, those um, lifestyle habits, those, you know, kind of emotional and physical things that have led them to this point where um, someone as a dietitian, often um, other dietitians who are not maybe so functional regard weight as a disease itself or review it as a symptom. Right. Um, So really understanding the symptoms definitely is important, but understanding the root cause of them, of course, as functional dietitians is is our main goal. One of the things that you mentioned that I just really want to underscore and applaud is what I call, Michelle, functional empathy. So recognizing the situation that they're actually in and what is driving them and that you can't bypass that. You can't tell them that what they're holding is important is important to them because it's part of their identity. And so that way that you're beautifully exploring for them what could be different, what might be different, and recognizing the reality of their situation, that sort of masculine drive that you identified, its that's just really an incredible part of the journey that you're taking with people. And that's going to define what their nutrition is and what your recommendations are. 
Thank you for saying that. And I am certain that you have the same approach. You have to kind of know it to know it. Um, so, so certainly that is really important to me. And I think just creating that safe space is the first step to breaking down that barrier of perfectionism. Because when you're kind of seeking out these external validations and you're ignoring your internal cues, kind of the space between that and the, and the place we can really move in is a space of vulnerability and tapping into what someone really wants um, that they might be too afraid to say, because honestly, no one wants external validation for any reason besides happiness at the end of the day. So it's, it's pretty apparent when you're talking to someone and they have felt that connection and that safety to share themselves that at the end of the day, that's what people really want is health and happiness, right? And, and it's, it kind of lays itself out beautifully when you listen really deeply to see, okay, here's the thing that is probably holding you back. And you just told me it. And holding that mirror right up to them and saying, there is a blockade in your way. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. And this is where I like to kind of flip perfectionism on its head. People often think I'm a perfectionist because I have a high standard of excellence, but I'm also not afraid to make mistakes. So I often think of people who are in the realm of perfection as being so fearful that they don't make a move. And your question right there of what would it take is the one that's actually looking the fear in its eyes. A hundred percent. And it's and exactly like we said, the fear of failure breeds failure. So it's it, it's it actually comes into play. And I was so interested to talk to you about this too, with chronic illness specifically, because people have the expectation that when you heal from chronic illness, and it's funny when you say the phrase heal from chronic illness, that you're gonna feel perfect right. every single day. Right. right? And so it's so antithetical to how chronic illness, you know, weeds and wanes. And of course, as functional practitioners, I think we have a little bit more hope in the healing process and a little bit less of the view of the body as broken, which is something that's really important in functional medicine and important in this conversation of perfectionism. But just kind of bringing that back into play is that people really expect, and that's where the expectations are so damaging. They yes. expect to be healed and okay, this is a finite journey. And I say to my clients, you know, I wouldn't call it a flare, but you're gonna have some weeks that are just not amazing and, and that's okay. Yeah. And just letting them kind of surrender and, you know, really I think awesome kind of functional medicine and functional nutrition is a lot about surrendering, um, which is yes. the exact opposite of what you wanna do as a perfectionist because you wanna grab as much control as you can. Exactly. I was just thinking that before our talk today that I used to have the word, you know how sometimes we have a word that we carry around with us of what we're trying to achieve. And my word was excellence. And then it came to a point where I was like, you know what? I've achieved excellence. <laughs> I need to surrender. Yeah. And that became my word. Like, where do I just need to let go? Because I just don't have control. And that doesn't mean I don't put effort in, right? As perfectionists, we have to realize that everything is going to take that drive that we put forward, but the drive doesn't have to be getting in our way. Absolutely. And I do this little experiment with my clients and I'm going to ask you to do it with me. It takes like 10 seconds. Please. Close your eyes for a second mm -hmm. and everyone who's listening can do this too. And think about the greatest things that are in your life maybe like the top three greatest things in your life. Got it. And I would ask you, did those things come from the times that you were kindest to yourself or the times you were cruelest to yourself? Mm, such a good question. The greatest things in all of our lives come from the times when we accept 
and when we are kindest to ourselves. And I've never gotten an opposite answer to that. And often people might say something like, well, I had to work really hard, but not out of pain and not out of punishment. Um, working hard for a goal is absolutely acceptable while you're listening to yourself. So really just hammering in the idea that we have to be kind to ourselves and listen to our bodies and really surrender and just accept exactly how we're feeling. Michelle, thank you so much. You bring such a holistic and spirited approach to an arena that is kind of lacking a little bit hard. And I really appreciate the way you go about it and that you're looking through a very functional lens of nutrition. Brilliant work. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on today. I love talking to like-minded professionals like you, and you really do exude excellence in just about every way. So thank you so much. Right back at you. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready for you, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Feel free to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, who you'd like to hear on the next podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.